to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. I'm Peaches, and I'm going second. And Zach didn't interrupt me. All right, we're doing good. Rude. I'm Zach. <laughs> I go third sometimes. <laughs> we are off to a great start. Things are turning up, Peaches. <laughs> oh, I'm, well, man. you know. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, yeah, we'll see how things go from here. Boys, how are you doing? What's new? What's been going on in life? Well, um, my, my Pokemon Unite hype has not lasted very long. I'm, uh, what? I'm get, You're I'm getting, already down? <laughs> I, I'm getting pretty tired of it. Um, it's, it's already running the MOBA course for me. You know, like you play a game and then guy dies once in the AFKs. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he got kind of unlucky. We had like two or three in a row that there was an AFK here. So Zach, how are um, you feeling about it? I'm doing great. I got into like diamond rank. Having a good time. I'm uh, veteran rank, whatever. I don't know. I guess maybe that's platinum. I don't. It's really goofy. Is the game as pay to play as people are telling me it is? Pay to win? Uh, I mean, you do pay to get an advantage. So yes, it is most definitely a pay to win game. I don't um, like that. But it's not. I mean, it's gross. I wouldn't support that. Yeah, I agree. But I just love the game a lot. So it's like tough. It's it's tough. It's a tough predicament. I totally respect people who don't want to play it because of that, but I get to play as a Gibble, and Gibble is fucking adorable running around going, ha, na, 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 na. <laughs> so the problem is, like, the pay-to-win mechanics are pretty egregious. Like, if you level an item up, all the, like that's where the pay-to-win mechanic really starts, is in these items. And that's what I've heard a couple of people say. Yep. So the items are level 1 to 30. There's, like, big... Um, not big but there's it's big it's big i guess yeah it's a pretty like, big, a stat big advantage it goes 0 10 20 and like the item literally just gets a better effect and then it has baseline stats and so the stats start at like plus 4 um i'm just throwing out a random number i think it's around plus 380 by a time level 30 um so yeah it can be a big difference in a very competitive uh genre like a moba so uh yeah <laughs> Oh, what an introduction. People are people are like, is this part of it? Is this? And the answer is no, it is not. So, uh, Zach, how about you? I do itinerary today. Uh, what are we talking about today? We are talking about a PlayStation PC port plan. Just don't even call that a schedule. Then we're talking about PlayStation 5 and Xbox exceeding sales expectations. Then we get to talk about Ubisoft. Can you guys guess good or bad? Um, when is it ever well, good with Ubisoft? <laughs> it depends on the perspective. Uh, and then finally, we'll end with a bunch of quick takes because there's just a bunch of little news this week, which isn't bad. It's kind of exciting, kind of sad. But anyway, yeah, 
Article one, uh, JP, it's all about you. Talk about PlayStation stuff. Yes, yes, yes. All right. This first article is coming to us from, oh, damn it. Peach has even put this for me. Raul Mujamdar. Majamdar? Um, Rahul Majumdar. Majumdar. Thanks, Raul. Rahul. Rahul. Oh, God damn it. Rahul. Thank you, Rahul. This is coming to us from IGN.com entitled Sony confirms more PlayStation exclusives are coming to PC. So getting straight into the article here, Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO Jim Ryan has confirmed in a new interview that the company's acquisition of Nixus software has a lot to do with bringing more PlayStation games to PC. In the interview on Fumitsu celebrating the sale of over 10 million PS5s, Jim Ryan confirmed that plans are indeed in place to bring more PlayStation games to PC. We are still in the early stages of our efforts to provide our IP to PCs, but we are satisfied and look forward to working with Nexus to help with that, said Ryan. Earlier this month, Sony added Nexus software to its growing list of first-party studios, which was announced by Herman Holst, head of PlayStation Studios. So, really, what's interesting about this is we already knew that PlayStation has kind of put a couple of its huge IPs out for PC, right? And it made announcements to do so, which is what this is talking about. Now, sure, they put Horizon Zero Dawn out on the PC, which is huge. But my question for you guys is how much give do you think PlayStation is honestly willing to give to PC here? Do you think they're going to like dive into like some of their like softer IPs, like maybe Uncharted, or do you think they're going to go full on like Ratchet and Clank, God of War, Spider-Man? Zach, let's start with you. What do you think? Yeah, so I totally see this like PC gaming is the future, like your PS5 and your Xbox are more akin to uh, PCs than ever these days. They're actually on par with the power levels too. Um, and Sony has seen profit for Horizon Zero Dawn. And so where I'm going with this is if it's going to make the money, um, there's less risk in putting it on PC versus putting on, making a whole new console and reselling that. So mm-hmm. um, if Sony can go through this, get the leeway that they want because they are a publisher. We know publishers like to hold all the cards. Um, so I, I can foresee this being very much where PlayStation wants to go. Um, so yeah, I think Last of Us can come. I think Ratchet and Clank can come. I think it all can come. It just matters what the bottom line is for Sony because, you know, they're like every other company. They like to make that good money. Right. Like financially. Is that a hot take? No. But it's right. But you're absolutely correct. I mean, financially, <laughs> there's no reason to keep an IP like so close to the chest. Maybe at the beginning where you're trying to sell a console, but I don't know. Peaches, what do you think? So... I think that, I mean, first of all, it's cool to see, like, where we talked uh, weeks back about Nixus software not going to be working on games or PlayStation. So it's cool to see exactly what they're working on. Right. But I like um, I like this move because there's a lot of PlayStation games I'd like to play on PC. Now, as for what we would see, um, I, I think it's a pretty fair bet to say that Uncharted is like the most likely one to come to PC. Right. Um, Ratchet and Clank, I wouldn't expect Rift apart, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see like the newer like um, I don't even, I guess it's just called Ratchet and Clank, but yeah, the newer Ratchet and Clank. 
like that remake that came out within the, the last soft five years. reboot or yeah. yeah 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 slight reimagining if it that um yeah i wouldn't be surprised to see that um i i didn't think about it but zach was right last of us probably not last of us two for a while um i'm trying to find the dates on uh when horizon zero dawn released and when the pc release came out it was right around the same time that breath of the wild came out so we're talking 2016 and for horizon zero dawn and then it just got put out on the pc last year i remember because we got to watch all those awesome freak out videos from playstation fanboys <laughs> and chef's kiss Mwah. beautiful okay. i yeah. loved watching those videos yeah no like we always talk about it as like please smash more of your you know your personal property that you paid money for um mm-hmm. because you're mad that a game released for a, a, a console that i mean for a for a system that doesn't even matter to you, clearly. Right. Um, but yeah, so if, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn released in 2017. So if if uh, if it released for PC just last year, so being, uh, what, 2020 or 2019? Right. Um, about a two-year turnaround on these games. I, I could see a lot of PlayStation games coming to PC if that's, like, about the time they want to wait. There, I'm sure there's some games they want to keep. Like, I'm sure they're going to try to keep Spider-Man probably god of war as well if we're being honest but i think there's a lot of games that we could be seeing coming to pc this way so i think the genius in what's happening here is if you scroll down a little bit more in the article um a little thing that uh holst the guy we were just talking about also said in this interview playstation will remain the the best place to play our playstation studios tiles at launch this seems to indicate that while many of PlayStation Studios games may come to PC, it won't be at launch for new titles, instead being released long after they've seen a majority of sales on the PS4 and PS5. So what they're doing is actually pretty genius. You know, they're getting the hype up for those exclusives within the PlayStation community. But then by the time like everybody in that community has played the game and are sick of it, you know, played it to death, then they're going to bring it to, like, these other markets and make oodles and oodles of money. I think that's pretty damn smart. Yeah, um, it's... I, I, yes and no. Um, you, seem, you seem a little conflicted. Well, I could see it going both ways. Like, on the one hand, you let the hype for your game die down a lot over two years. And so, like, you know, releasing it on PC doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a huge jump in sales uh, when you, you know, a couple years later release it for PC. But, I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn seems to have done well on both, uh, like, on both launches, both for PlayStation and for PC. So, it's, I mean, the trend is currently looking good. And... It's almost as if that was like the idea when they did it for Horizon Zero Dawn, right? It's almost they just wanted to see how it would go, I guess, because like Horizon Zero Dawn is popular enough to where it could generate enough interest amongst people who don't own PlayStations of like maybe they'll pick up the game and play it and buy it. But it's not one of their most popular IPs either, where, you know, like if it didn't work out the way it would, like they still have plenty of pieces on the chessboard. Yeah, I think exactly. That, I think that's what they were going for there. 
And that's pretty much an end of the article. Um, it's really cool to see what Nixus is actually going to be doing with PlayStation, because the last time we talked about the acquisition of Nixus, the three of us actually predicted that what they were going to be doing um, was helping with the Discord integration on the PlayStation console, which now opens up. How are they going to get that done? But either way, it's cool to know, OK, here's what Nixus is doing. Right. So pretty neat. Um, that's not our only Sony news, JP. Do you care if I read the next one? I would be insulted if you did. Uh, uh, double negative. Okay, okay. Sony <laughs> SSD uh, are now open for beta, according to Tom Warren on The Verge. Uh, kind of want to give you the quick and dirty here. Uh, I actually was debating this with uh, Chez. Um, he's our script guy, and I just tried to help out. And we were like, is this a quick take or is this a whole thing? So we kind of just shoehorned it in here. So uh, shoehorn take, call it that. Uh, so basically, <laughs> Sony opened up their SSDs to beta test. So if you didn't know, you can not really take apart, but you can take off the cover to your PS5. And I think, JP, it's just a screw, right? You unscrew one thing and then you see yeah. where the SSD would go. It's like a perfect little empty space. Yeah, exactly. It's not even really a screw. It's really clever how they integrated it, actually. It's... I believe it's the right side, like the right wing of the PlayStation. If you remove that, you'll see exactly like this little open um, area with access to the motherboard and room for like um, there's a little SSD slot. That's how you expand the storage on a PlayStation 5. I think it's actually very clever how they did that. Yeah, GP, I agree. It was really clever. I love the PS5's design, even though it's so freaking bulky. It makes sense why it's got the parts that it does. True. Okay, so... With the PlayStation 5, they opened up for beta testers to put in SSDs and test. It is not going to be exclusively done through like Seagate, like Xbox is doing. Sony is just letting you test the waters with any that fit the specifications that they give. The specifications that are given are that you want an M2 SSD that's PCLE Gen 4 and has a read speed of at least 5,500 megabits per second are faster. Um, so uh, they give examples of like a Samsung's 980 Pro, Western Digital's SN850s, and pretty much a modern M2 SSD. Um, the one thing I think that they kind of threw out there is you want to make sure that it has effective heat dissipation, 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 dissipation. Dissipation, you got that right. 13 times the charm with the cooling structures <laughs> such as a heat sink. Um, and then just like JP said, you look on the right wing and you plug that bad boy in. Uh, they do kind of throw out that they can't guarantee that it will have the exact same performance as if you use the PS5's internal drive. So with all that being said, what do you guys think? So... One of the biggest problems I had with the Xbox expandable storage is the fact that you specifically have to use one of the ones designed by Microsoft. And it doesn't allow you to look other, you know, it doesn't really allow for custom ability. Like maybe you like one brand over another and you want to use that product. But also like it means that with that monopoly, Xbox can pretty much charge however they want for these SSDs. 
that they, you know, these little memory cards that you plug into the console. What I love about what PlayStation's doing is you're not restricted by those parameters. You know, like if you absolutely love Samsung, like Samsung is your go to for all your products, you can easily buy one of their SSDs on like the price you're in and use that if you feel like that's what you want to do. If you feel like you want to go with something more on the cheaper side just because you know you want an ssd but also you're a baller on a budget i totally get it you can go with something a little bit cheaper and playstation's like hey this might affect your performance a little bit but we guarantee that at the very least it'll be compatible and let's be honest i mean like the way they're integrating the ssd on the motherboard for the playstation 5 is no different than how they integrate ssds in like you know a pc motherboard so I think PlayStation just wanted to throw out, hey, maybe there might be some performance issues to cover their butt on the off chance that something might happen. But realistically, I don't think you're going to see much of a difference between using the internal SSD and the expandable SSD. It's still going to be like just blazing fast and it's going to add a lot of storage. I love what they're doing. Peach, do you think to add before I... Uh Kind of throw in my devil's advocate on JP because I always got to do that. Of course. Love you, JP. Hey, you go right ahead, buddy. All right. So <laughs> I also, as a baller on a budget, JP, thanks for the shout out. I appreciate that. Of uh, course. Of course. <laughs> I always think about those different options, but like a part of me is kind of like, well, if you can't guarantee it, when does performance affect price and all that stuff? So I kind of like. I hate proprietary, I should say, where like a, the company knows who's going to have to make it. It is right. Like JP says, they're going to monopolize it and they can charge where the hell they want for it. Um, and it may not ref be reflective of the actual, uh, the price tag may not be reflective of the actual performance that you're getting. I think JP is totally mm -hmm. right in that. And there's no disputing that. Um, I do think, though, that when it does affect performance is when you start to worry. And so that's why it's kind of nice to know, like, hey, if there's any issues on Xbox, mm -hmm. you can go straight through Seagate and it's going to get figured out and it's really imperative on an Xbox where I see like they use their quick resume feature um, right I can actually notice a difference granted I you know am very an impatient person between loading something on Xbox um, and my PlayStation 5 they're both fast they're both miles beyond what a PS4 and Xbox one would do um, but the quick resume feature is something that Xbox really touts um, yeah and so I do think it's kind of like a catch 22. Like, yes, you want that baller on a budget, but it's also like, it's kind of nice when you know exactly what you're getting with the seat. Like if it's monopolized, I guess if it is. Um, and so I, I, I totally I see the point. There, there's a I see balance the point you're both. making. And um, I think that's all I was going to say. Devil's advocate. JP. You also, <laughs> no, I totally understand, but you have to understand that you get what you pay for. The reason why Samsung shit is always so expensive is because it's usually the best, right? I mean, if you cheap out for the, you know, the absolute dirt cheapest M.2 SSD you can find on the market, of course you're going to see performance dips, you know, because you cheaped out. But you as the consumer, especially one who's like so involved with technology in general, you have to understand to some degree there's a reason why one terabyte of Samsung's SSD is much more expensive than one terabyte of this SSD brand that you've never even heard of before. And yeah, a little bit of that is reputation. A little, a little bit of that is going to be like brand clout. But for the most part, you get what you pay for in like these SSDs. I believe that. 
Absolutely. But again, but I do totally see the point you're trying to make. When you buy that product with Microsoft, you have a reliable product. And not to mention, I guess the other part you could say in this devil's advocate piece is like, how savvy enough is the average console gamer going to be to understand what they're looking at when they're just off the market looking for M.2 SSDs? Like what's nice, what's nice about Microsoft's expansion cards is like, you go to the store and you know exactly what it is. It's like, oh, this is the Xbox expansion card. It says Xbox on it. You know, you start looking at SSDs, which looks like just weird little computer gadgets. You're like, I have no idea what the fuck this is. <laughs> what right. am I looking for here? Not our listeners on the Game T podcast, because they're informed, educated folk. <laughs> All, All right. right. What do we have next? Um, I mean... I was going to leave this one to you since you are the owner of a PlayStation and an Xbox, but I'll read off the title if you want. All right. He sounds like you want. I want it. <laughs> uh, PS5 and X- Xbox Series record sales show how easily they're fending off competition from Paul Tassie at Forbes. Forbes. Nice. Uh, so, guys, I don't even know this, but uh, COVID sucks. <laughs> People have been staying inside more, and so video games are selling more. Yes, correct on all these things. I've heard rumors about that, yeah. Um, I hope more than rumors, Chess, because you've been a part of it. Okay, anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, so before this whole COVID thing and the video, I'm going to call this like a video game boom, because it just feels like everyone's getting a part of this great uh, pastime that we have. Um, people were saying that we don't really know where video game publishers are going to fit. Nintendo... Sony and Microsoft, they're like, they're either going to go cloud-based, PC-based, or they're going to go mobile-based, and the video game consoles are going to disappear. They said that would take time, but that was the talks. And uh, right now, basically, uh, the market is saying, nah, we really love our consoles. And um, you're seeing that in these record sales. Uh, So let's talk about those sales. So Sony is reporting 10 million PS5s sold far, so far, which is faster than any PlayStation in history. It's faster than any video game console in history. I will say though, how much of that is just sitting in some guy's basement as they try and scalp it on eBay, like the piece of shit they are. I don't know. Um, but they've sold 10 million, which is all Sony cares about. So they're happy people. Yeah, um, that's fair. And then, <clears throat> sorry, that's in my throat. Microsoft is still behind Sony, but the Xbox Series systems is outperforming every other Xbox in the similar lifespan of the brand. Third-party estimates put sales between 6 to 7 million as of last month. And then, similar to PS5, Xbox is mostly supply-locked by shortages. Um, With that quick summary, JP, Chess, thoughts? So, my initial thought is, I mean, how indicative do you guys think this is going to be for the success of the console as a whole. Like, do we think that this means like, is this this the Xbox series and the PlayStation five, the best of their consoles so far? And I'm, I mean, beyond just tech, right? Is obviously mm-hmm. technically they're the best, but like, are is the Xbox series going to outperform the Xbox three, uh, 360 in terms of like legacy? And like, is the PS five going to outperform the PS four or PS two even? It's really hard to say. I mean, it really is. It's really hard to say because you have to take into account like how much 
did the COVID boredom contribute to the sales of these consoles? Because I mean, both of them released in November when we were still like right dab in the middle of the pandemic and things were getting a lot worse before they got better, you know? Um, but at the same time, with the way that the industry was like booming in general video games, it's not like that's a new trend, right? Video games have been just like, in the words of Reggie fils like it's bigger than movies, it's bigger than music, it's bigger than television. So obviously, every console generation is going to see more and more sales because there's more and more people playing video games. Um, but as far as overall legacy, it's ho- it's so hard to believe that either of these consoles are going to beat its predecessors, especially PlayStation 5 is trying to compete with PlayStation 4, which overall sold about 106 million units in its lifespan. And of course, the PlayStation 2, which is at 160 million units in its lifetime. So I don't know what PlayStation's deal is, but I am happy for Microsoft because, you know, despite being in second place with this whole thing, they're kicking ass as well. And they're outperforming every other Xbox. It's really cool. JP, I'd love to go off that. So, um, Chaz, I'll answer both your questions. You just asked that besides tech, obviously tech's better, uh, just will these surpass? And I would say, yeah. And how I'm predicting that is I'm looking at the Nintendo Switch. Um, Nintendo wasn't doing too hot before the Switch released. And then it came out and it was like this big boom that a lot of people thought this would totally flop. Uh, Nintendo Switch sales are continuing to rise and continue to do great. Uh, Nintendo has sold, I'm looking at an article on The Verge as well. This one's by Thomas Ricker. 80, almost 85 million units worldwide. And that's getting really close to Wii numbers. Uh, The Wii sold rounding up to about 102 million lifetime sales. Um, I think video games are just more popular now than they've ever been. And just like JP said, it's going to keep growing. Yeah, absolutely. And then game sales are also going up too. You're seeing things like Mario Kart 8 sold 30 million. Animal Crossing sold 30 million. GTA 5 sold 150 million copies. Okay, well, GTA 5 is not fair. That game has been re-released like eight times. Oh, Jesus Christ. Precisely, but hey. Skyrim's on Alexa, and it still hasn't sold 150 million (laughs) copies. All right? I'm That's just a good saying, point. But Skyrim sold a lot too. Like, they, uh, just games are selling so much. Like, the video game industry is something that, uh, if you can be a part of, it, it's growing. It's doing great. Um, as long as they treat their employees correctly. <laughs> Blizzard. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, that's really all I have on that one. Um, Peaches, you haven't really got to say your take on it, though. Have you? Well, see, the thing is, that's what I've been wondering. When I read this article, I was. I was, you know, I was happy for, you know, Xbox and PlayStation doing well, but it just made me wonder, like, what defines the legacy of the console? And ultimately, it is the games that are on it, um, you know, the more you think about it, except for the PlayStation 2, which, you know, it's a DVD player, which is nice. Um, but Cope harder. <laughs> Cope. <laughs> oh, I, sorry. I had a PlayStation 2. What are you talking? I played the shit out of my PlayStation 2. Exactly. DVD player. Well, you see- And then you watched Bugs Life on that <laughs> bitch, didn't you? <laughs> no, I had Bugs Life on VHS. 
coward. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like uh, ultimately, yeah, it is the games that like define the legacy of the console. And the reason I bring up PlayStation 2 is like it, it was able to kind of uh, um, surpass the uh, legacy as like a games console because it was you know, it was so good as a DVD player and cheaper than DVD players on the market. Which made no sense, but here we are. <laughs> but um, I think, it, it, yeah, the, it will ultimately be defined by the games that are on it. And PlayStation 5 so far, you know, it, it's got Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, um, Demon Souls, the, the remake. Um, oh, yeah, Chess, tell me about your passion for the Demon Souls series. <laughs> you see, that's the thing is like, I'm not, I, I hardly count a remake as like, you know, qualifying the legacy of the console because it's a remake. I mean, come on. Demon Souls, I would argue, is probably and remakes in general. It just it, it it depends. But I mean, I remember when like earlier this year we made an episode, the PlayStation 5, the story so far. And I specifically said like four or five months ago, you should not upgrade yet if you do not want to. But we're getting to the point now where it might be about time for either one of these consoles. PlayStation 5 has got a few heavy hitters now. Miles Morales is looking damn good. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Bug Snacks, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. How many of those are specifically just PS5? Every one of those you said except Ratchet and Clank are on PS4. Yeah, Yes, but they are enhanced on the PS5. Are they that much better though? Not by a lot, no. <laughs> this is coming from a guy who owns PS5, JP. I totally get your back, but I, I'm just saying. Uh, you're, we're about to enter the era, though. Like, we're like, okay, it's we're what? approaching a year, believe it or not. In three months, Are we on the cusp? it'll be a year from when these things have released. And by then, we're talking about a couple more IPs, and it finally might be like, okay, it's time to start considering maybe upgrading. Yeah, yeah. And plus, like... And it's still not easy to find either of these consoles, which kind of bums me out, because honestly, I figured by now it would be like any other console release, but it's not. It's still incredibly difficult to find either one of these consoles. See, and that's my thing is like right now, the legacy of the console is scalpers, right? And how hard it was to get this console. Whereas like when I think back on a PS2 or I mean, I was a kid when the PS2 came out, so how would I know? But or like, we'll, we'll do Xbox 360 when I was uh, when I was younger and Xbox 360. It's like it wasn't about how hard it was to get an Xbox 360. Like everybody I knew had one or, um, you know, some like PS3 wasn't like incredibly hard to get. Like I knew a few people with a PS3, but it, it wasn't like in my circle. It wasn't as popular as the Xbox. I mean, nobody wanted um, a PS3 at first. Uh, PS4. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, saw a meme that was like the real ones did PlayStation 2. Xbox 360, PlayStation 4. Enough said. And I'm like, dude, that is literally exactly what I did. <laughs> I did not fuck with the PS3. At that price point, with that operating system, <laughs> the PS3 did better as soon as it got like the PS3 Pro, which was like cheaper and better than the original PS3. But that doesn't matter. It's not the, that's not really the point I'm leading up to. Um, it's I, honestly, I forgot the point I was leading up to for me for being <laughs> real right now. I got distracted. Damn it, JP. Sorry. PS3 slim, by the way. Just um, I had to say it. <laughs> oh, I, I guess I guess I'll in summation. I mean, 
Right now, the legacy is kind of tainted of the PS5 because of how hard it is to get a console and like COVID and shortages, etc. Um, so they're going to need a lot of great games. Like the PS4 is really defined by the great games that were on it. God of War, Persona 5, um, Last of Us, Last of Us 2, um, Spider-Man. Like these games define the PS4. But yeah, right now, and- the PS5 is not at all like that. Yeah, but come to think of it, almost all of those games came out a few years into the lifespan, which I know completely contradicts what I had just said, but it's true. I mean, first of all, The Last of Us was on the PS3. The remastered version came out literally eight months later for the PS4, so that doesn't count. You know, God of War came out April 20th, 2018, and I know that because it was my birthday. (laughs) Best birthday present ever. Which was five years into the PlayStation's lifespan. Same with Spider-Man, about the same amount of time. Um, I guess it had Uncharted pretty early. Yeah. But Uncharted 4, which was like the magnum opus, didn't come out for a little while. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, not till 2016. So I guess it just takes a little bit of time. I think that scalpers ultimately are going to be seen as a part of the legacy of the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox series, but not the whole story. I feel like once these things are more accessible, whenever the fuck that happens, I'm done trying to put a date on it because I'm always wrong. But once it finally stops, once the games are out, it's going to be like any other console legacy. We're going to remember the good games. As we all struggle to try and get the PlayStation 6 and the Xbox 2678 million <laughs> because they literally don't know how numbers fucking work um i was uh i was watching a different podcast a while back and they were talking about like how funny would it be if xbox just pulled like a full 180 and their next console was the xbox six and got it out <laughs> just before playstation that's not a bad idea <laughs> i would buy it just for the meme just for the lols <laughs> All right, Zachary, what are we talking about next? Uh, Okay. Uh, We're going to talk about Ubisoft demands coming to us from Axios.com. And basically, uh, Steven Totolito kind of summarized it pretty quickly. Uh, Close to 500 current and former employees of Assassin's Creed are standing in solidarity with protesting game developers at Activision Blizzard with a letter that criticizes their company of handling sexual misconduct. When the um, fuck did this become the norm? God. Uh, well, Ubisoft is, we've talked about them before, and Activision Blizzard is just the worst. So I'm glad that these guys are standing up and shutting this down. Um, so basically in that letter, they said, we believe you. We stand with you and we support you. Um, it should no longer be a surprise to anyone, employees, executives, journalists, or fans that these heinous acts are going on. It is time to stop being shocked. We must demand real steps to be taken to prevent them. Those responsible must be held accountable for their actions. The organizers say the letters signatories come from all come from 32 of Ubisoft studios from Asia, Europe, and North America. And it's being sent to company management, including CEO Yves Guillemot. Guillemot. I hope I said that close. Um, <laughs> Maybe it's French. Maybe it's Guillemot. He is French. Nice. Just got it. That's it. I actually don't uh, don't take my word for that. My, is, is... my last name. My last name is French. Let me take a look at this bad boy. 
Oh, fuck. I have no idea how to say that. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, real games <laughs> right now. Um, Not the best PR. You're absolutely right. It's more and more difficult to learn about this the more studios because you want to you want to believe that with what's going on with like Blizzard from what we talked about last week is not the norm and that moments like those, especially with that unfortunate ass story about that girl who had commit suicide, you wish that those were the outliers. But the more and more people that are coming out, you're kind of realizing how much of an industry wide problem this is. And in fact, it's like the companies that really do, you know, promote not discrimination against sex, gender, race, whatever, is like, that's more rare than anything. Um, but there's nothing. Here's the silver lining. And I think we failed to mention this last week. The more we talk about it, like people in our position who have these podcasts where people listen, the more we talk about it, the more these publishers keep coming forward, the more the devs keep coming forward the more likely we are to fix this issue. You know, we are doing a great job of putting the pressure on all of these companies right now of saying, look, you better change the way we act. I mean, like, I know you think that you can get away with doing whatever because you make these games that people keep buying, but the spotlight is on you now and it's up to you to try and do something about it. You know, it's not enough for you to just arbitrarily say, hey, I'm against you know, we don't discriminate at this company and then have heinous shit happen over and over again. We're sick of it. So I th I think that's a good sentiment, but at the same time, we've seen stuff like this happen before where we spread awareness, right? And then awareness just leads to more awareness and no action. Um, ultimately, I... You are I right. Know. You're I, right, I, but how often do you see the developers coming together like this, I guess? Because when we rally, a lot of the time, it's for the developers. You know, but this time, it's like, you know, people in our positions and the developers rallying up against, like, the heads of the company instead to bring forth these issues. That's why I'm a little more, like, hopeful that we're going to see real change in these companies. I guess is my take on it. I am waiting to see what these, like, what the Activision Blizzard walkouts lead to. Um, you know, maybe some, like, unionization, something like that. Some, some, like, real tangible action that can, like, you know, these people together as a collective can force action on the company rather than, you know, the company just putting out a statement like, oh, man, this, this is terrible. We're so sorry this is not going to happen again. There's going to be changes like that. No, that's, that's not enough. Uh, and so I actually want to keep on my article cause you guys are making good points. I just want to make sure we got all of it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Keep going. Gilmot, uh, basically, sorry, this collaboration, I'll go back up a second. Um, the employees continue on this collaboration must heavily involve employees and in non-management positions and union representatives. This is essentially ensure that those who are directly affected by these behaviors are leading the change. So the employees should make sure that, hey, like this is approved. It's not just like Chess said, like, oh, hey, it's going to change. No, like we're going to make sure it changes because we're the ones affected by it. We know what needs to happen. Yeah. So Guillermont, who is the CEO of Ubisoft, made important progress over the past year. 
um, the issue it raises seriously. Uh, but basically they reached out the, sorry, and now going from Guillermo to the employees, they said that in a final response says the majority of our demands have been sidelined and few of our points have actually seemed to be addressed. So they're basically saying, oh yeah, we're listening, we're changing. But the employees are saying nothing's actually happening right now. What the hell? And now let's see how this, cause this is all connected. Like JP said, people are talking about it. People are going around. Uh, CEO Bobby Kotick of Activision Blizzard said the company was reviewing policies and procedures to help promote a more respectful and inclusive workplace. Cool. So guess what? To do that, Bobby Kotick has partnered with the prestigious law firm known as Wilmer Hale, which is the same law firm helping Amazon that keeps its workers from unionizing are working together. LOL. Uh, on top of that, they are known for notorious cases such as um, President Richard Nixon, 1974's United States versus Nixon. Um, so they get results, but um, yeah, they uh, their track record is hard and by the books and it just seems like a very uh hey yeah we're listening we're fixing this but also we're about to fuck you guys up and make some power moves here um you guys being the employees um staff mm -hmm. slammed the company's initial response and bobby kodak say to say that even yeah hey like we were pretty tone deaf about that um but the employees are glad to see that that has convinced leadership to change that tone um but they point out that Codex letter doesn't actually address key areas of concerns, including ending force arboration for all employees and the need for greater pay transparency. So it sounds like we have two sides getting ready to battle. And um, it's basically employees versus their bosses. And it's pretty sad that this is where this is at. And let me just say, um, I am shocked that Bobby Kotick, who in 2010 settled a lawsuit um, for sexual harassment is hiring a union busting law firm I mean Bobby <laughs> Kotick the guy who is oddly enough in Epstein's black book I can't believe that he would do something like that I'm shocked shocked I tell you shocked I say <laughs> Chez I think I'm sensing some sarcasm oh oh whoops I, I let that seep through a little too much I'm sorry <laughs> no, I'm just Are pretty. We? I'm pretty keen. That's all. It's all. I'm pretty on top of these things. All right. Well, I'm almost as bummed out as I was last week. Can we move on? <laughs> yep. We'll try and make this not not too prevalent, but I do think this is that whatever happens from all this is going to shake up the video game. Um, I don't want to say foundations, but it's going to shake up the video game landscapes. Um, and so I think it's important to keep you guys informed. But yeah, it is pretty sad and hopefully it gets figured out soon and correctly um absolutely yeah. quick takes jp talk quick takes all right let's talk about some of the quick takes we've got coming up this week so quick take numero uno unfortunately i hate to say it our good friend travis from rainbow road was right pokemon snap content update i'm not sad because i didn't want the update I'm sad because I hate it when people who are not me are right. <laughs> I, th I think that's pretty simple. So we got a little bit of a trailer on YouTube. Essentially tells us a little bit more about what we can find in the free content update coming to Pokemon Snap. Now, first of all, it's free. And that really surprises me. Because Nintendo knows that they could have made a buttload of money by charging a little bit more for these updates. 
and they didn't do it. So I got to give them props where it's due. I'm really glad that these are free updates. Typhlosion's in it. I love Typhlosion. There's Mew, Chawazard, because you never get enough Chawazard, right, JP? Chawazard, of course not. Charizard is the most underrated Pokemon ever. They have Ho-Ho. For sure. And it seems like they have more puzzles kind of in these and two new areas. Pretty exciting stuff. Not only do they have two new areas, but it's like they also added like this weird mini mode where like through some of the maps you can now go like you're super small and you see like the Pokemon from a different perspective. I think that's a little gimmicky, but for the most part, pretty clever. You know, I think it's really cool how they're including some new content or not new content. They're including some new areas. They're including new Pokemon to be seen, but they're also giving you incentive to go back to those old areas where you've already been. I think that's really clever. I think that's really fun. Again, I can't believe they're doing this for free. I really, really want someone to take this engine and then somehow shift it into some sort of MMO. Mm hmm. And just have this be the world because it's so seamless and full of life. And it's like, please, this please. Bro, if, if, Pokemon Pokemon Snap was an MM, if Pokemon Snap was an MMO, that community would be the most wholesome MMO community of all time. More than likely. More than likely. Uh, and this will oh. already be out by the time this episode drops. So, yay. Yay, indeed. So, uh, next hot take. What do we got? Hood. Outlaws and Legends. They're adding a free PvE mode. Chaz, I don't really get too into this. I know you played a little bit. Did you get excited from this? Um, I am glad they are adding more to this game. Uh, I spent $60 on this game when it first came out. And I haven't gotten too much out of it yet. So I don't know. I'm just glad that they're adding more to it. Because all that was really there was a multiplayer mode. Um... The game, it needs a few things. It needs more characters to play as, and it needs more stuff to do. It needs different types of game modes. Um, I, I I have high hopes for the future of this game. Right now, it just needs some more stuff. All right. Next quick take. Guild Wars Next 2! Sorry, did I pitch there? I don't think I did. I'll say it again. Ah, you're fine. Guild Wars 2! <laughs> um, and so, Jez, you're also our resident... Well, I, I played Guild Wars 2 with you, but you know a lot more about the lore and stuff. I know yeah. this looked really fucking pretty. Were you excited for this End of Dragons um, expansion trailer? This expansion was pretty cool. Um, so in Guild Wars 1, there was an expansion called Guild Wars Factions, which took place in the area of Cantha. And it looks like this expansion is taking you back to that area, which has a bit more of like a like a Asi an old-timey like uh, Asian aesthetic. Um, I don't know how much different it's going to be because Guild Wars 2 take, takes place many years in the future in the Guild Wars universe. So 200 I'm curious years. to see. <laughs> yeah, so it's quite a bit of time, um, but I'm curious to see what they do with it. It looks really cool. Um, I probably will wait on this expansion for a while because I am not exact. I don't I don't need to go back to it right now, but yeah, that's OK. Eventually. Eventually. All right. I mean. Oh. I hate MMOs, I really do. But Guild Wars, for what it's worth, I got a little bit of enjoyment out of. I'm excited to see what they do with their story. It's, 
I have to acknowledge that I'm just such not a fan of the way MMOs work. I don't like the mechanics, but the world was pretty and the story seemed like it could have gotten pretty darn interesting. So more than anything, I'm interested to hear what like you guys and other people have to say about it. Well, like the thing about Guild Wars does a better job than any previous MMO I've played about telling you what the story is. It's not giving you the story through like the like this fucking three paragraph essay that you have you would have to read in like a quest that you take. Like it's it is telling you the story actively. And that's what I appreciate about Guild Wars. And also the jumping in the game is primo. There is <laughs> literally platforming in that game. It's pretty neat. Um, Can I ask the story of why jumping is like always a thing with you? Like what? What is it with you? Jumping is fun. JP, when was the last time you jumped in real life? That's a really interesting question. I don't know. Exactly. Jumping in real life sucks. Jumping in video games, excellent. Well, that's because I'm fat and I get like two inches off the ground. Jumping's not fun. It's just eh. In, In real life, it sucks. So that's why it's that's why in video games, it's supposed to be good. That's a good point. You make some good points. <laughs> we should get him on our podcast. Are you guys ready for the sad <laughs> part of our quick takes? Of course. Delays. There's a lot of delays. What's with all the delays? COVID, I guess. Digimon survive. JP, what the fuck did you do? I don't know. He didn't play Digimon enough because Digimon Survive got delayed <laughs> to quarter three, 2022. It was supposed to release this year sometime um, with no update. I mean, it's not shocking that it's been delayed and I don't think anyone's talked about it. I think Digimon Survive was kind of like a Fire Emblem turn-based esque um, series. So I'm glad they're giving it time to bake. Next delay. All right. Now, I was really bummed out about this one. Kina Bridge of Spirits has been delayed into September. Now, given that's not a long delay, because I'm pretty sure it was supposed to drop like late August. But it is it's actually like one of it's already been delayed to August. So it was delayed till August. It was planned on a 2020 release. It was one of the games that really caught my eye in that PlayStation event where they announced the PlayStation 5 got delayed to August of this year. And now they're delaying it to September not like about like three to four ish weeks. It's just, I don't know. It's not that big of a deal. I feel like people aren't talking about this game nearly as much as they should because it looks like it's going to be incredible. Um, And that's why I'm okay with waiting for it. But ultimately I want this game to leave an incredible impact because I think it's going to be really good. And it's only going to be $40 for a PlayStation five exclusive, which come on games aren't $40 anymore. Wait, is, is Kenna going to be PS5 exclusive? I thought it was coming out for PS4. It might be. Who knows? <laughs> I could have sworn it said it's only going to be for... Okay. Fact checker. Kena. Bridge. Hey, uh, I already got it. It's coming out for both. The fact checker. Oh, well, who cares? Either way, I'm excited. <laughs> it's going to look way better on the PlayStation 5. Well, it's not. I, this is not a who cares thing. Like this is awesome because that means I don't have to get a, a PS5 to play this game, which I thought I was gonna have to. You were the other one who was really hyped about this game. Why is that? I don't know. It has Ori vibes. It does have Ori vibes. That's a good point. All right. And I mean, next JP. Yes. Can you jump in this game? <laughs> oh, the jumping's fantastic. You got double jumps, bro. 
Damn straight. Damn straight. All right, what's next delay? Your baby. All right, our next delay is Horizon Forbidden West. That is uh, delayed until 2022. Now, this is a rumor. There is no official word from PlayStation, correct? Um, I, I when I first posted this, um, it was just a rumor, but there's a lot more coming out that is seeming to confirm it. But yes, the the article we're getting this from is from Kotaku. When we are first hearing about this, it is a rumor that's delayed until 2022. But given everything, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think exactly. that's okay. Like, we don't want video game crunch. We don't want a bad game. Take your time. PlayStation Five selling like hotcakes already. It's fine. Brings me fine. It's fine. It's all fine. I'll just, uh, you know, have to admire Aloy from a distance for now. Oh, wait. Nothing wrong with that. Who Nothing doesn't wrong love with a hot that. redhead? Who could crush my head between her thighs? All right. Well, who, who, who said that? What's the next delay? Next delay. Uh, hey, Zach, was that you? Uh, Zar? Oh. Zar. Zar jumped in just to say that and then dipped. <laughs> like, who said that? Zar. That's why I'm so obsessed with, you know, Big Vampire Lady from Resident Evil 8. I'm just like, oh, 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 oh yes. Zar would love this. Zar would, Zar would love that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Splitgate is delayed. This is a good you delay. You guys know though. what Splitgate is? No idea. No, what's Splitgate? Um, it's this, uh, I think it's a game that's exclusively on PC right now, but uh, it's getting a lot of popularity or gaining a lot of uh, popularity. Um, it's like Halo Combat mixed with some portal mechanics. That sounds really neat. Okay, I'm really interested now. Yeah, and it's getting it, the reason it's getting delayed apparently is because its popularity is uh, overloading server capacities. That's a really good problem to have. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't want to have problems just generally, but if if there were problems to pick from, I guess that would be it. Yeah, precisely. It's like out of the job interview. Oh, I'm too popular. <laughs> That's your uh, what, problem? Uh, what are some of my flaws? Um, I don't know. I'm a perfectionist. I'm always arriving on time. I work too hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah I work too hard. Oh, that's funny. And so right. it's going to be delayed until August? Is that what I said? It's later than that, right? Because I think it's later than that. I think I, I thought I saw September, but... I don't know, maybe uh, maybe it's coming out this month. Who knows? So, I mean, like, it's not a big delay, and it sounds like they already know what to do. Just get bigger servers. It's a good problem. It's a good problem. And um, let's talk about Dell now. Dell won't yep. ship to... So we've got we've got one last hot take today. Zach, what is it? Uh, it's that Dell won't ship energy-hungry PCs. Yes, that's like Alienware to California and five other U.S. states due to power regulations. Uh, they specifically talk about an example here with the Alien Aurora Ryzen Edition R10 gaming desktop. Uh, you can't get it in California. It won't be shipped to the states like California, Colorado, Hawaii, Oregon, Vermont, or Washington due to power, su- power consumption regulations adopted by those states. Any orders placed that are bound for those states will be canceled. Wow. Uh, that's that's pretty wild. Yeah, um, I think it's pretty nuts. Current processors, yeah, they go over like ten to the negative seven power of joules per bit. Um, 
I don't know what any of that fucking means. Yeah, um, that's <laughs> I didn't. That's that's chemistry, but I didn't get that far in chemistry. I think. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> or physics. I don't know. It's it's up there. It's good sciencey stuff. Kind of, some kind of sciencey thing. Okay. We run a gaming podcast. <laughs> Here, oh, JP, you're a tech guy. Tell us about that. Our, uh, so RGB uh, boys. <laughs> red, green, blue. Let me tell you. I mean, here's the thing. When it comes to these PCs, there's a lot going on, and any gaming computer, it's it does suck up quite a bit of power. But I don't know what exactly they're doing, Alienware or any of these other like gaming processors. I don't understanding what they're doing to like surpass this level. I'm not a hundred percent on board with that, but I'm not here to comment on that. What I'm here to comment on is how just bizarre it is where I'm actually thankful to be living in Nebraska for a change. <laughs> I'm like, okay, things are getting better. Uh, uh. I, I, you know, I love it cause it's, they're trying to help the environment and clean it up. Um, they talk about how a benchmark system of, and again, this is kind of above my pay grade here, of 10 to negative 14 joules per bit transition will not be sustainable by 2040 because we won't have enough energy in the world. Um, and so let's see, the National Resource Defense Center projected that California standards will save more than 2.3 billion kilowatt per hours of electricity a year. Uh, that's quite a lot. And that's from the sounds of the number. A, it is a lot. So as a gamer, I'm sad because I like big, beefy, strong computers. As someone who has to live on this planet probably by 2040, I'm happy. Um I, I like how you said probably. <laughs> yeah, you never uh, know what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah rate, that's true. This world's been a shit show the past five years, man. I'm just happy to be here still. Um Yeah. Just thanks so, for inviting me. Thanks. Thanks just, for still bringing me <laughs> places, guys. Uh, so yeah, yeah. No problem, buddy. I think this is above our pay grade, but it's important for you guys to know, I, I guess. Right, guys? Anything else you want to add? That's a, no, not really, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, and that'll actually bring us pretty well into um, upcoming game releases. Do you boys mind if I take these? Yes. If you don't, I'm going to be pissed. That's what I wanted to say. All right. Well, here we are. On August 5th, we've got the Falconeer coming to PS5, PS4, and Nintendo Switch. What did you call me? On- I you called son you of a, a bitch, bitch. JP. <laughs> Just don't call me late to dinner, am I right? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> On August 10th, <laughs> we have Black Book coming to PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. We also have Lawn Mowing Simulator coming to Xbox Series X slash S and PC. If anyone wants a more realistic interpretation of that, you can come to my house and mow anytime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might even pay you. Look, I think this is going to be a really faithful uh, sequel to Power Washing Simulator. Dude, Markiplier's obsessed with that game. He's put out like <laughs> nine episodes of it. <laughs> All right, and on August 11th, we have Icarus coming to PC. Now, hype up one coming upcoming game. Look, naturally, it should be a lawn mowing simulator, right? But we actually got a piece of stupid Halo news. We got a little tech preview overview, um, essentially, where it's a, where they finally kind of talk about how the game's looking and how it's doing, because we 
343 has been keeping us in the dark with how Halo has been going, right? We saw the very first trailer. It had what Zar referred to as Craig graphics. And they've been like, okay, duly noted. <laughs> We're going to go back and hiding for a little while. And now they're finally giving us more of an interior look on how the game's going to look. Now, it's hard to trust for sure the images that Halo Waypoint has posted on their website because, as we know, this can be a little deceiving. But if this is what the game is going to look like, they're finally getting their shit together and it's looking damn good. What do you boys think? Man. Uh uh, well, I was just uh, going to say this uh, this tech demo right now is it's a tech demo. It's not a beta. And so naturally, there's a lot of like bugs and glitches people are encountering. But the game looks good. It looks fun, um, though. If you're trying to upload like a highlight montage, it's not going to look great. Killing you know, three, four, three bot six. <laughs> yeah, but uh, sorry. Fun. I didn't know you were done there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, so in response to those Craig graphics, I thought it was funny because I watched the whole hour. I don't even like Halo, guys. I'm going to like Halo, all right? I'm just here because I want to support Microsoft because I feel bad for them at this point, all right? But yeah, Xbox out here, I guess not really. 343 is out here flexing. Their tech preview, they had a copy that ran on Xbox One, just Xbox One, and it looked really, really good. It looked like an Xbox Series game. Um, so I think they've really optimized it to play on different platforms. I talked about how they're optimizing it for PC. They are optimizing it for Xbox series systems and even Xbox one. So what three, four, three is doing is really cool. It looks like people had a lot of fun. Um, and I even signed up to play in the beta because I don't want to watch the video next time. I want to play it and see how it is for myself. Fair enough. You have to walk me through on the, how to sign up for the beta next time. Cause I missed it on this one. Yeah, so we're going to go to halowaypoint.com. Okay, right. we're, we're not going to do it right here. It's good not for the viewers. Everybody. <laughs> Once you go into halowaypoint.com, you sign up and make an account, and you say, hey, I, wait, want no, to, hey, stop, I want stop to join. in front of everybody. Hey, JP, turn the video off. How, why am I in charge? You started this. It's true. I did not. I'm going to wait for the... I am not huge into betas, if I'm being completely honest. I want other people to fix the game. And tell other people what's wrong with the game so that I can play the good product. So does that mean you're not going to be playing this with us? Correct. So you sign I... in and you say uh, when you make your account, <laughs> you hit uh, sign up um, for the uh, beta stuff. And with that, I think that's going to do it for this episode because we are running a little over time on saturday we're doing a little bit of trivia brought to you by our good friend zach and we are going to see how that goes so thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the game tea podcast we will see you in the next episode you just got your game tea ha suck it czar <laughs> oh bye Do I say bye for you now oh okay. no, yeah no i sorry i forgot my place <laughs> later if you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your game tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.